folks. And my voice cracked. Look at that, Zach. This is already take two for the intro. And now you get a hello, folks. Hello, folks. There we go. Welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to that on the regular, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed and subscribe there if you subscribe. You won't miss an episode when we drop them on Mondays. And we've even been doing special episodes when uh, when things happen. We did one for the notice of allegations. Uh, and so you might get them, who knows, on Thursdays, Tuesdays. We'll see. At Charlie underscore Burris. At Zach TNT. At A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville. YouTube.com. Type in A to Z Sports Nashville and subscribe there. And you'll be able to see the show. Uh, if that is something that you might want to do. And then a to z sports.com for all the stuff that we write about Tennessee on the internet. Zach, it is a good day. Tennessee football practice has started. It kicked off today, August 1st. We had press conferences. We had media day yesterday. Footballs were thrown. Coaches were yelling. It is a good time of year. What's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, it's certainly a great time of year. It's you get excited when spring practice starts because it's football in April, but it doesn't have that same feel to it. You know, it's only temporary. You know, it's only going to last a few weeks, and ultimately, you're still uh, four or five months away from the season at that time. So now you know that you're. you're I mean, we're a month from the season. Uh, uh, I mean, how can you not be excited? You got players on the field throwing the ball. You actually get to see some real football happening, some real updates. Uh, not not as much speculation as there is over the summertime. Now we kind of get to dissect what uh, Tennessee does on the practice field, what the coaches say, kind of how they're feeling about this season, and we can kind of start getting a feel for how this year is going to turn out. We know it's uh, some positive momentum that Tennessee's carrying into this year, but they really want to take a big step forward. They don't want to go seven and five again. They're looking for nine regular season wins, maybe ten with a bowl game. Kind of that's. Uh, I don't think Josh Hypo would ever tell you that's the goal. Josh Hypo wants to win every game. And as he said, they don't put a ceiling on what they can accomplish. But I feel like internally that's the realistic goal is winning nine or ten games and kind of taking this thing and and, and continuing to build on, on what they accomplished last season. You have to be thinking right now, improvement, improvement, improvement. And from the stuff that Hypo has been saying, that is certainly – on his mind. And we're going to talk. He's given two press conferences now. We're going to talk about everything that he said and all of those. There are some definite big player updates that we're going to talk about and what it means for the team. But we'll start just quickly and kind of give our, our usual cursory take on practice sessions and just say this. There has only, as of the recording of this, there has been one and it was short and it was this morning and the media got to see like a tiny chunk of it. And it was without pads. And so there's not much to take away from it. Although we do have a couple of interesting notes from things that happened during this practice. And we'll, again, we'll talk about hypo. There are things that hypo got asked about in his press conferences. So we'll sort of cover it when we're talking about that. Um, But we are, we are both of the opinion of just like, as far as genuine practice breakdowns, I, I mean, take from those what you want. 
but you, especially the media, the teams usually in a pretty cynical way, kind of hide things from the media when the media show up and you just have to take it all with a grain of salt. And so we, we kind of come from that having both of us having been in media for, for a while. Um, we kind of just take that tack of like, even if good things did happen in that practice, the media probably didn't see it. So, you know, it's, uh, um, it's just a, it, something that at this point, I think if you follow college football closely, most fans probably know about, but we'll, we'll start there and then, uh, go to the updates that have happened. The biggest one of those being yesterday at media day, Hypel announced that Lyneth Whitehead running back will be out for the season, upper body injury. Uh, and this was a, a pretty big development, but at a position where you do have a pretty good amount of depth, thankfully. But when you heard uh, this news, Zach, what were your initial thoughts? I, I didn't see Whitehead playing a huge, massive role in the offense this year just because, I mean, you got Jabari Small, you've got Jalen Wright, you got Justin Williams-Thomas coming in, Dylan Sampson. I mean, you've got some some really – a lot of talented guys there, and Whitehead hasn't – he hasn't played a ton. He saw some action last year. They, you know, have been talked about. <clears throat> is he better suited for the other side of the ball? Uh, he's had trouble staying healthy, obviously. And look, running back and linebacker, running back and linebacker are two of the toughest positions to play as far as staying healthy. I mean, you, you're taking a lot of contact. You're absorbing a lot of contact. You're giving a lot of contact. So I don't, I don't think it's a massive deal. Obviously, it hurts the depth a little bit. Uh, Tennessee, uh, according to multiple reports yesterday. Got a former four-star running back, Lynn J. Dixon, uh, that was visiting that might be on the team this fall. Kind of looks like that might be the case. So that, that'll that really help the depth. He played well at, at Clemson. I don't think he ever had more than like 600 yards in a season. I'm not really sure what the situation was at Clemson as far as who was there ahead of him. But he averaged like six yards a carry uh, throughout his career there at Clemson. I think he's got two years left to play. He had transferred to West Virginia. Uh, that didn't work out hit the portal again, so it looks like Tennessee might be where he ends up. So really, you know, you hate to lose depth, and I hate it for Lenith Whitehead because his career just hasn't really panned out. There was a lot of high hopes for him when he signed. I remember it being a big deal when he signed under Jeremy Pruitt, under the, the previous staff, but I don't I don't think it's a massive blow by any means. It's not like you're losing one of your frontline starters, and that, that's no disrespect to Lenith Whitehead at all. It's just that's just the state of the roster at the moment. Well, during today's presser, Hypel obviously got asked about this and about the young guys uh, that are in that room. Uh, he did not get asked about Lindsay Dixon. Obviously, I, it's not, I don't know if it's, that's not official, yeah. but it's no. really been getting talked up. Um, but we'll cover what Hypel said in just one second. But first, we have a big announcement on the show. I had, you know, I had to start off with a teaser there, give you, give you something to come back to after, after the announcement here. We got a sponsor for this season, a new sponsor. This is this is huge, Zach. So hyped about this. Super Book Sports. It is one of the newest sports books that is now live in Tennessee, and they're going to be sponsoring the show going forward. This I, this show and the one that I do with the Jonathan Crompton during the football season, during games, our, our game day show. Super Book Sports is on board. They're supporting the boys coming up big. Uh, it has a clean and easy to use app. You can download on Apple or Android. Just type in Superbook. Comes right up. I did it uh, just in the last few days when we got this um, 
when we got the news of the sponsorship. It looks great. Uh, when you sign up with Superbook Sports and make your first bet, they will match your deposit up to $1,000. $1,000. Don't miss out uh, on this. So Superbook Sports, download it. And the biggest thing with this is that they have great odds boosts for your local teams when they you know they have i think uh, i saw they have like superbook new jersey and some different places like that and this is superbook tennessee um and they have tennessee specific boosts so the balls to win eight plus games this season is boosted from minus 170 to plus 100 incredible odds for that because uh, i think obviously we're going to talk about it leading up to the season but the chance of that happening is uh is pretty good but zach with this this plus uh this Eight plus wins bet here with uh, with Superbook Sports. What do you think of that? Are you are you going over? Are you going under? I, we we haven't given our record predictions yet, but if you if I handed you a hundred bucks and I said bet on this, where where are you going? You think? Yeah, I'm 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 taking those plus one hundred odds. I mean, I, I I I believe in what Josh Heupel's done, so I think that's uh, I'm not going to say it's easy money because it's the SEC and there's a lot of really great teams and and there's some good teams in the SEC East that could make life hard for Tennessee. But you handed me a hundred dollars, I'm I'm taking those odds uh, all day. Uh, plus one hundred's a, a great value for for Tennessee there. And uh, and one thing we got to mention with Superbook Sports is you pointed out there that you got. New Jersey, Tennessee, different different places. You can bet nationally. You can bet anything with Superbook Sports. It's not just limited to Tennessee teams. So keep that in mind when you're when you're placing some bets this week. Absolutely. Uh, go over Superbook Sports. Type it in. Download the app. Support them because they're supporting us. Uh, let me make sure that I get this right. Again, when you sign up with Superbook Sports, make your first bet. They match your deposit up to one thousand dollars. That's an incredible deal right there. It, yeah, one thousand bucks. I mean, what? What more do I need to say, frankly? Uh, so, shout out to them. Thanks so much for the sponsorship, the good folks at the at Superbook Sports. And oh, and I, I had man, I even had a graphic. See, look, and then, here's a reason to get uh, to get the YouTube when I remember to put the graphic up. Uh, Superbook Sports gives us sweet graphics like this one, and see Google Play, App Store, download it there. From the and you can see that on the graphic there. Um, it's a small thing, very small thing, but I really, I really enjoy. I really like their logo. It's the first time I've seen this graphic pop up. I, I don't know. There's something about that logo; it just hits. Uh, it, it looks good. I like it. Aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Uh, so that's that. Well, now we lost all of our graphics. There we go. Uh, Superbook Sports. Shout out to them. Now, back to the topic at hand. Uh, as I tease, there, Hypel had uh, some stuff to say. And specifically, uh, he just talked about Justin Thompson, Justin Thompson, Justin Williams, Thomas. That is a bit of a tongue twister, right? I mean, I've had trouble too. There's so much going on there. And, and Dylan Sampson, that's who, uh, was, he, he emphasized both of those guys that they had looked good so far and that they might be up to the task of providing that depth that Tennessee is going to need with Lynette Whitehead going out. Obviously we mentioned, uh, that Lynn J. Dixon could be an ad here, which would I would think would be awesome. I, re- I remember his recruiting process. Um, I don't like I don't remember it in detail, but uh, let's see where where was he from? Did you mention that? I feel like he's from Georgia. Yeah, Butler, Georgia, class of 2018, and he was a four star. He was yeah. rated a 90 by 247 Sports, the the number seven all purpose back in America. 
and has hit the portal from Clemson. I mean, if, if that really comes to fruition, I, I look at this with Whitehead and Hypel kind of saying, oh, we got some freshmen that could step up and they're looking good. I, I'm feeling good about I mean, that. He, that he averaged, like I said, over six yards per carry at, at Clemson. One season, fairly significant amount of carries averaged, I think, around eight yards per carry. Wow. You know, you former four-star guy, kind of, he's from Georgia. It will it's be. Not, it's not a guy that you think of as like an absolute need, but at the same time, he's obviously got talent. Is is this Josh Heupel's like Alvin Kamara? Is this this Ooh. the version of him? Because we we knew Kamara was good. Similar. Build. We didn't we didn't really know because you know Tennessee had Jalen Hurd. That's the guy that got all the hype, and and rightfully so. Jalen Hurd was vastly underrated. I know his time at Tennessee came to a weird end, but he was. He's a really good player that I think people forget that he was going to break records. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Dixon can be kind of that guy for, for Josh Heupel. That would, I mean, with this offense, that would be huge. He is, he is the exact same height as uh, Alvin Kamara, 5'10". Kamara's 215. Obviously that's an NFL weight, but yeah, I mean, you get him, you get him bulked up. Uh, Clemson doesn't list his weight. That's interesting. Um, That's so, probably a Dabo thing, I'm sure. There's probably some yeah. crazy weird thing behind that. I absolutely can't, can't let the enemy know the player's uh, weight. <laughs> Tells them too much. He probably doesn't even tell the players their weight. They have to. He keeps it from them too. Yeah, removes but, all the skills. Point point of all of that being as ridiculous as Dabo might be, mm-hmm. um, if if that ends up being the case, that actually gets finalized, uh, and and you know is all all the hype around that situation is real. I just think that the depth at that running back position, you don't, you're not going to have the one star guy. And Lynette Whitehead certainly wasn't going to be that guy this season. You didn't, you know, you didn't lose your starter. You didn't lose the star back, but uh, you're, you're not going to have that superstar. It's going to be kind of a revolving door. I feel like, and, and this really the way that this stacks up, even without Whitehead, um, he played sparingly last season, and and I don't know that that would change that much this year. Even if you didn't get an ad like Lin J. Dixon, I don't know that that would change that much. And so, I think they're going to be fine. I, I'm that is honestly, even with that injury, I think that unit's getting better because uh, you got another year under your belt with the the guys that are already there, Jabari Small, and um, you got these some really nice additions like Justin Williams Thomas. Get it right that time. Um, and, and I, I think it's, it's all there for them. It's just gotta be the, the coaching, they, the, as long as Hypel gets them ready and Lord knows <laughs> last season proved that he certainly can. Uh, I'm, I have confidence in that unit. Yeah. I think it's pretty much a non-issue. I think there's, f- uh, far more to be excited about, uh, from what we've heard these first kind of two days of fall camp with media day being yesterday and practice being today, Monday, some of the stuff we've heard from Heupel and some of the coordinators and even some of the players, I think it's really exciting times for Tennessee. Yeah. They got some playmakers, man. Like they got some kids that are really going to have some big years. I think Yeah, true freshmen. I mean, there's a squirrel mm-hmm. white has received praise across the board from almost everybody. And it's, it's almost like they're not like they're not trying to hype him up. It's, it's, it's been really organic. It just kind of comes up and then people just gush about his speed his work ethic, his habits, everything from the way he handles himself in the classroom to his maturity on the field. Yeah, Alex Golish, offensive coordinator at Tennessee, said on Sunday that he feels like he's mature beyond his years. Uh, you put all those things together. Uh, he's not a big guy. He doesn't have like the prototypical size. He's what five ten. Probably needs to put some weight on. 
but he's just one of those guys that that drives opposing defenses mad. Like that's how I feel like he's going to be used for Tennessee. Uh, probably working out of the slot along with Jalen Hyatt, who has also received a ton of yeah. praise and is also insanely fast and could have a huge year for Tennessee. Guys like that, man. That I mean, how are you, how are you going to stop them? You're gonna you don't want to focus in on Cedric Tillman because he's the guy that gets all the hype. Uh, he's the guy that has over a thousand receiving yards last season. Coming back is the leading returning receiver in the SEC. Defenses want to focus on him, and then you've got Hyatt, you got Square White over here, uh, Ramel Keaton, all these other guys that can just they can do just as much damage. So, who, I mean, who are you going to defend? It's kind of like a pick your poison scenario. It- on the note of Squirrel White, the thing that I think of in the descriptions of him so far is maybe he could be like a Pig Howard who keeps his head screwed on straight. Pig Howard obviously got just kind of continuously in trouble and flamed out um, to the point where he got booted. Um, and the it's more than the description of him being fast. I think that was obvious just from his high school tape that he was going to come in and be an absolute speed demon. Um, and that has been confirmed so far in the practices he's participated in. Well, you can't be but, slow with a name like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, he, he lives up to his name speed wise, but it is all of the other praise of him. Cause Hypel Hypel specifically said competitive, mature, smart, and fast. He emphasized fast. And this was my, my favorite one. He said he's not the biggest guy, but he's fearless. And, you know, if you get a guy with great work ethic, he really emphasized that he the way that he treats his body off the field, he's very, uh, very particular about. And and it, you said that Golish mentioned mature beyond his years. If you can get a guy like that with that kind of speed, who's going to put in the work like that's always that's always the thing. When you get guys with a chip on their shoulder and they just they just want it more than everybody else. And I hope that he he can be that guy because it's just so fun to have a player like that. Like I mentioned, uh, Pig Howard. I mean, he's the one that comes to mind just because he was such a fun player. Um, I don't know if I guess Hypel probably won't use him in end rounds and stuff like he did with Howard. But I mean, uh, he, but he could, right? I mean, because he could. This, yeah. I don't think. I think what I think Tennessee fans saw this offense last year and were like, okay, that's Josh Hypel's offense. And that was his offense in 2021. And, and the concepts are still going to be the same, up-tempo, snap the ball fast. Like, that is who Josh Heupel is as a coach at this time. Uh, he's always evolving. Who knows what the offense looks like in five or ten years. But I think he – I mean, he's he's made it pretty clear that he wants to tailor his offense to the strength strengths of his players as well. And if he sees an advantage uh, using Square White on a on an end-around – uh, because he thinks he can pick up a first down in, in, in maybe a third and four situation. I don't know. Like if he thinks he can utilize that and kind of exploit the defense, I think I think we might see it. I, I wouldn't rule it out. Like we'll I don't have any it. inside information on that. Probably nobody is. Hypo doesn't want you to see those wrinkles, obviously. Uh, but I mean, I, it's very possible. Jalen Hyatt as well could also be uh, serving mm-hmm. in that same role. You could use those guys in a lot of really creative ways that – Maybe we didn't see Tennessee use players last season because they just didn't need to uh, in, in last season. I think D- Jalen Hyatt will end the season with some serious accolades. If not an actual All-SEC team mention, I, I think people, hopefully he ends the season being like he's the next man up for Tennessee. He's yeah. kind of a Cedric Tillman from last year where he kind of 
obviously we we've known about Hayek coming up. He's he's flashed from the second he showed up on campus mm-hmm. more than Tillman. Tillman was very under the radar, but uh, but I I think that he'll end the season. I mean, purely almost by the nature of Josh Heupel's offense, just everybody's going to get their touches and everybody uh, is going to get their chance. I just think he's he's going to shine this year. It just feels like from the way the coaches are talking about him, they're really emphasizing him. Uh, excited to see what he does. And he and Heupel specifically today, he mentioned that Hyatt is, quote, dramatically different mm. than he was from January. Don't know what that means. Interpret it as you as you will. Uh, but I, I like the sound of that. Uh, other... I Other mean, kind of, well, well, we're talking about wide receivers, Brew McCoy. As this well. is what I was going to say. Yeah, okay. I was going to say on, I mean, on another note with the wide receivers. We can gush and gush and gush about yeah. White and Hyatt and some of these guys. And then you still got Brew McCoy over here, who all the beat writers that were at practice there just talking about how imposing he is yeah. physically. He's a big guy. I mean, he is, I don't really know who to compare him to. He's probably almost like a tight end, maybe like an Eric Gilbert in a way where you can kind of play at either position. It's, that's a really hard guy to defend because he's he's not – obviously he doesn't have a Jalen Hyatt-type speed, but he's got enough speed to stretch the field and keep defenses honest. And he's so big, who, who are you going to cover him with? Linebacker be too slow, DB uh, not big enough. So that, that could create some interesting mis- mismatches if he gets cleared by the NCAA, which – yeah, man, Hypo feels confident, but it's the NCAA. It it is a situation, with, and I have the take that I always have with the NCAA. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, you, you had the same thing with Euros Plavšić. He uh, when he showed up, he had to get cleared, and it was all this oh, rigmarole. Uh, Cade Mays oh. missed the first game of the Cade year Mays. a couple years ago. You know, yep, it's, like it's ridiculous. This, we've seen this. And the NCAA playing their games is so stupid. Every part of this is so dumb. Uh, and it it just makes me angry that there's a rule at all. That the, that the NCAA can uh, arbitrarily, let's be clear, absolutely arbitrarily for very literally no reason. There's no, like, there's no underlying logic behind what, well, he, he there's, this needs to be a rule because, on a, no, he just transferred schools. Like, that's it for a second time. Like, that's all that happened. It's not, it's not like some crazy, like he, you know, I, I don't even know what it, we broke NCA rules somewhere else and he's on a probationary period or something. Like there's none of that. It just is this extra transfer time rule that they have. It's so infuriating, but I mean, I wouldn't, I hate to be negative, but I would not be shocked if he, if he's not cleared to like the second week of the year, just because either. it's the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, like I said, half of Cape base. So uh, yeah, wouldn't be surprised at all. But yeah, per se, he gets cleared. That wide receiver room, just like uh, I think more than the running back room, but it's it's pretty stacked. And I think it's both of those positions are going to get better this year. More experience, more talent. Yeah, and, and wide receiver, you're you're losing Bayless, who obviously was an NFL asset that you had. I mean, he he was great, and uh, NFL scouts noticed that, and it showed. You know, just the work that Heupel did with him. You do lose that. But I, I think what you're what you're bringing in and what you're going to have, I think this offense is just going to get better so far. Uh, we're extrapolating a lot from one day of practice and and just the roster, but I, re- I really do think that. I, I think Hypo also runs a system that probably takes some getting used to, and you have a a big amount of guys on this team. Tennessee has some of the 
uh, biggest amount of returning production in the country. I think I want to say it's second in the SEC in returning production. Tennessee is so. Um, and, and don't if I'm if I'm wrong about that, don't you know? Don't set that in stone. Well, but I mean, I'm what, pretty sure lost, that's the case. They lost Valus and Javante Payton, and that was huge. huge losses. But you you still got your leading receiver, and you got guys. Uh, not to discount what Valus did, but you got the next Valus and in, in, in Jalen Hyatt or Score White or one of those guys anyways. Yep. So they, they should be able to pick up where they left off. I, I really think so. I think at worst you pick up where you left off. Yeah. And and best case scenario, you have a more mature, more set in, more more good with the system quarterback. Same with the wide receivers. You have some real senior guys there, some real senior guys uh, at running back. I The, the offensive line... Could be dicey. We'll see. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't, again, you know, you got Cooper Mays and some other. Uh, well, Darnell Wright is, I mean, Darnell he's Wright, yeah. future first round draft bid yeah. currently. So it, it really depends how that left tackle position. Yeah, there's three other out. slots to fill. <laughs> and then like holding really? the depth. I mean, that's always the big thing with the offensive line. You you obviously want to have that, that, that top end talent. But you got to have depth. I mean, especially the offensive line, more than any other position, I feel like that's the position that kind of gets beat up and you guys got to come out for a series or two during the second half of an important game. You got to have somebody that, that can step in and fill that without being exposed totally and suddenly your quarterback's running for his life. If you can, can kind of feel good about where you're at there, that that's a big key to the season. But I do feel like, in years past, especially when Butch Jones was in town, we spent a lot more time talking about the offensive line and how big of a problem it was going to be. Uh, e- even last year with the lack of depth, it, it just felt like it wasn't as big of a concern as it has been in the past. And obviously, I think that goes to coaching. I mean, Tennessee's had talented offensive linemen over the years. They've signed four-star, five-star guys. Uh, some of them just have not panned out i mean we all remember drew richmond and um, dontavius blair i think we all thought was gonna be like an all sec left tackle and they just didn't pan out it was that them or was it the coaching at some point uh, when it's the same you keep on signing really good players and they don't produce you know it has to fall back on the coaching so that's the one reason i'm not as worried about the offensive line as i have as i have been in past years 100% 100% agree. It, it feels good to be doing this analysis and actually have faith in the coaching staff. That was the caveat we always had to make with Pruitt and we always had to make with Butch. And at, after, you know, a couple of years into Butch, um, where you noticed that he really was a pretty not great coach. Um, you just always had to talk like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, we can kind of talk about Hypel in a, in a way that is, getting more similar to the way that we're able to talk about Rick Barnes because Rick Barnes has been a great player developer and he's been a guy who's been able to find these like needles in a haystack with like Zakai Ziegler and stuff. And you just, you're able to analyze his team in a way where the coaching is a plus (laughs) rather than a detractor. And uh, it's, it's good to be doing that for football because it's been a while. I don't know that we ever were able to do that with Pruitt and in the back half of Butch's time, we definitely weren't able to do that. So it's it's nice to be doing that again to actually be able to go like, I trust that Hypel can take these players and and put them in the right positions and that they're going to be an effective unit. So yeah, well, that's I think nice. This is kind of my observation, and it's something that just based on things you've heard from Hypel and the, what you've seen him do, 
I feel like he focuses on development before anything else, even before winning games. It's all about development. And if you develop players, the wins will obviously come. But I really saw a great example of that yesterday when he was talking to the media. Not just yesterday, in general, this offseason at times. But he he was asked a question about Hendon Hooker coming into the year having a solidified starting quarterback, unlike last year where Joe Milton was the starter coming out of fall camp. I don't think he was the na- named the starter until two or three days, like officially named the starter, until two or three da- days before the Bowling Green game. And now you've got Hooker. You don't have to worry about quarterback, right? I mean, you just, you're all in on Hooker. But he's asked that question about Hooker, and he spends part of his answer praising Joe Milton and his development and where he's come from over the last year. And I just, I don't know, I thought it was telling that he's he's still focusing on developing Milton. Like Milton should probably, Tennessee fans probably hope he never plays another snap at Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, Hooker, Hooker's been that good. You don't, you don't want Hooker to go down. It's no slight against Milton. He's incredibly athletic and talented. He just hasn't put it all together to be able to harness those abilities. But Hypo has still focused on developing him. And I think that's something that's that's going to speak to a lot of players. Like, hey, this coach isn't giving up on me because I'm a second string, third string. He's still wor- as worried about my development as he is the starter at this position. And who knows? Maybe Joe Milton gets a shot with a practice squad or something in the NFL because of his unreal arm talent. I think an NFL team probably will bring him into camp no matter what happens this year. And maybe he latches onto a team as like a second or third quarterback. I, you know, maybe maybe they'll want that arm strength in there for like an end of game Hail Mary scenario or something. I don't know. If that happens, he will owe that opportunity, part of that opportunity, obviously to himself for putting in the hard work, but part of that to Josh Heupel for continuing to develop him over this last year and things he's learned over this last year might help him in his NFL career. It's not always all about starting in yeah. college and this is a conversation we, we've had and it, it's pretty nuanced so you don't want to get too far into it but you don't have to hit the transfer portal if you're not the starter in week one if you don't start your freshman year continue to develop that's what it's all about and i think josh heupel does a really a really outstanding job at doing that i think so too and hopefully that continues into the future we shall see but uh, i i think something and this also is, is something that Heibel mentioned in his press conference, but I think it shows sort of the the depth of the trust that Heibel has, specifically in the wide receiver unit. Uh, but he talked about Cameron Miller moving from wide receiver to defensive back. Uh, Miller came in in the class of 2022. He was a three-star wide receiver, and uh, they moved him to defense. I think this is just fine because I doubt he was really going to get much play at that wide receiver position just with the way that it's stacked up. And Tennessee needs all the depth they can get on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I And who knows if he's actually going to play at corner. I, realistically, um, you, you look at your options there, he probably, probably will. <laughs> it's pretty thin. But um, the the defensive side of the ball to move to that and what, uh, what Heupel said about that, he talked about Cameron Miller, he said, we believe his ability to make a difference. The quickest for this team is there, referencing uh, the defensive back position. Then he also mentioned Jeremy Banks uh, during that press conference. He said that he's grown in accountability and trust uh, with the staff, and he's grown in his understanding his why. Uh, one of those nice like motivational speaker phrases there. And, and I noticed this uh, 
something that Heupel brought up when he was talking about development of guys like a Jeremy Banks or, or anybody, he kept uh, saying the phrase, he has a high care factor. So not sure what that means, but <laughs> but uh, that, that was one I noticed. He said it three, four times during that press conference, high care factor. Um, but, uh, oh, and then he, and then this was, this was probably the one I wanted to talk about the most, but, uh, Heupel talked about transfer Wes Walker, uh, and Andre Turntine, Turntine, however you say that he, he mentioned that they both looked good, but specifically Walker made a big play during this practice session. Apparently, um, I don't know if there's video of it or what, uh, we're recording really soon after this practice happened, but, uh, maybe we can find that, but supposedly he made a big play. Wes Walker did during this practice session and Heupel said he's quote, making a fluid transition, uh, to, to playing at Tennessee. So I, I like the sound of all of that. Um, I hope that Heupel finds a way specifically to build depth. I mean, that defense to build depth and to find, to find true leaders, like Jeremy Banks, step up, be that guy. That's it's gonna be the whole thing for the defense this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, the defense has got uh, they they kind of got a chip on their shoulder. I feel like going into this year because you know everybody praises the offense, but the defense doesn't really get that same that same respect. And you know, to some extent, I feel like they should. Obviously, the the stats weren't defensively last year weren't what they were offensively. Tennessee gave up quite a few points, but a lot of that is just the situation they were in. Josh Heupel defenses uh, are always going to give up a lot of points. It's, they Opposition gets more chances to score. That's going to lead to more points. It's not necessarily an indictment of the defense. But I thought they played really well. I thought they they looked like a cohesive unit, which was one thing under Jeremy Pruitt that was very concerning. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that Pruitt's defenses were so complex. And that stuff can work, but when you're trying to install it and you, you don't have the depth or necessarily the talent to do it, it leads to a lot of confusion. And, you know, we saw that constantly uh, with with uh, Tennessee during Jeremy Pruitt's tenure. There was plenty of times where the defense looked completely confused on what they were supposed to be doing because there's so many checks. Where, where do I go if this happens, if I get this look? There was just so much information there to consume, and I think it overloaded a lot of the players and Pruitt didn't understand, okay, this worked at Alabama. Why doesn't it work at Tennessee? And it was just, it's not the approach that was needed at that time. I thought Tim Banks unit last year just looked a lot more confident. They looked like they played together. They knew where they were supposed to be. We didn't really see those misalignments or those blown coverages as often. So I felt like the defense played really well. I think Tim Banks deserves a lot of credit for getting that unit ready to play. And it was just year one. I mean, just like the offense had a lot to learn, Defense had a lot to learn. You got to learn how to how to play with an offense that moves at that tempo. How to how to mentally prepare for that. How to prepare for a three and out situation where twenty five seconds went off the clock. I mean, th th that's a tough thing to to kind of deal with because it's like, hey, we did our job. Now the offense is you know went three and out. We got to go right back out there and go to work. We don't blame the offense. That's just part of it. We got to do our job. So all that stuff, I mean, I think you'll see uh, vast improvements this year, even with the lack of depth. But overall, I, I even thought Tim Banks spoke yesterday and was very, very positive. I mean, this whole staff seems very positive. They're not like out there claiming that they're going to go undefeated or anything crazy like that. But just the overall vibe feels positive. Obviously, they're not where they want to be. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I grew really tired 
of Jeremy Pruitt constantly saying we're nowhere close to where we want to be. Okay, that might be true. And you're never going to be where you want to be if you're a football coach, right? Like they're always pursuing perfection that, that's unattainable. But for the fan base, like that doesn't – I mean, that just makes the fan base miserable. Like you want to be excited this time of year. This every, It's it's everybody's 0-0. Like everybody's got the same opportunity to go win 12 or 13 games in a row next year. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen for everybody. But the, the opportunity's there. Like that's the fun part of this year. And I felt like Pruitt robbed the fan base of that at times. Absolutely. I, I almost go like just – let's just not. Don't get me started with Pruitt. Uh We'll we'll keep it positive. It's not so much about Pruitt as far as the contrast. Yes, what that's true. Now. That's what I was gonna say. It Heupel is improving uh, on all of that. I, it's essentially just every every part of what we've seen coming out of uh, these practices and and just when we get that window into the program is that it is just well run, like he he knows what he's doing nobody's perfect i'm sure things will happen during his tenure at tennessee that are not great looks it happens to everybody when you're dealing with 100 college kids and you you basically have to play the role of their father all that time some things can go wrong uh but it, like uh for, for example during this press conference today he mentioned the relationship uh between joe milton and hinden hooker specifically and that Milton, like they're great friends. And he said that the the reflection of the culture in that quarterback room is so is great. And you can see it in that that Milton essentially knows he's not gonna play unless the guy in front of him gets injured, but he's still there and supportive and good friends with the guy that's in front of him and not not bitter. And you definitely had some situations with Butch where you just had guys that were just poison in in the locker room and it didn't get dealt with properly. And and just the management of things like well, that. Butch, been... Butch did that. That's so true. He, he encouraged it. Almost. He created that. Yeah. We, I mean, we know that Quentin Dormady and Jared Garantano, that there were promises made to both of them and not all of those promises could be kept, obviously. So he he created that. As far as it's really difficult, I feel like to create that environment. Like I, I it, we're just kind of briefly mentioning this, but it really is incredible to me that you can take a guy that was the starter, he loses his job uh, to Hendon Hooker, and then those guys are like the best of friends, and that quarterback room has that kind of culture. Like, how do you create that? That is such a. There's so many variables there that's out of the quarterback's coach control or Josh Heupel's control. Like you can't control how these dudes interact with each other. You can't control how Joe Milton feels emotionally about losing that job. Like that's something that no matter what you do, that, that is his prerogative to feel however he wants to feel. And somehow they've made this like a positive culture like that. I don't, I don't even know where you start uh, when you're trying to accomplish that. It's, it's really amazing. It really it takes us it takes a certain kind of person to be able to handle that side of things because I, I feel like a lot of football coaches you get a Pruitt where the guy doesn't think about relationships and and you know being mindful of things like that he's, he's just football 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 and and you have to be a manager a leader of men 
rather than just a football coach that knows about you know def- the system of defense that he runs. Like that, it's just so much more than that. It seems like Heupel does uh, a good job. But to sort of wrap up the bulk of what he said in in that press conference, um, he just a couple more notes. I want to make sure we cover everything that he said specifically with the defense. He mentioned Trey Flowers had made a quote jump uh, with with his body specifically, uh, and that's good. Uh, I I liked Trey's uh, appearance at Media Days. He handled that well. Uh, Got to hope that he takes that Alante Taylor spot. Is is sort of the the fire lit under the defense and um, can bring that uh, hopefully good sign there. Uh, and then otherwise, Heupel was asked about the depth specifically to go back to that point, and he did say, "quote We're deeper uh, with oh we're deeper with young guys and transfers, and that they added quote athleticism and speed." And he mentioned those two things specifically in terms of what they have added through these uh, through the transfer portal, through these new guys where he finally got to have sort of a recruiting class all his own. Um, I, I would agree. I think it, it might be marginal. Uh, and we'll certainly just have to see. But I also think, in some sense, the setup in the SEC East this season is going to be even more favorable to Tennessee. You have a favorable schedule. Um, more or less, you have some. I believe you have to play LSU and Alabama back to back. Like there's some really tough stretches there. But um, in in a general sense, I I think this roster and what Heupel has to work with this year is better overall. And I think he thinks that too, just from his comments here. It seems like. Yeah, without a doubt. And that again, that goes back to that kind of positive approach that they've had, where they're like, yeah, we do have a little bit more depth. Tim Banks talked about it too, where they were down on scholarships last year, which is something that they're finally kind of talking about publicly now that some of the NCAA stuff is out there. But that, I mean, that depth is important. It's like the least exciting thing that, that a program can add transfers that aren't necessarily skilled guys that might not even start, Uh, but that's really what can, that's what can spring an upset over a Georgia or or an Alabama or one of those teams that you're really not supposed to be is just having the depth into the fourth quarter to be able to compete. I can't imagine the grind it is to go out there for 60 minutes as, as a college football player and not be able to come off the field or not be able to have a guy that you can stick in there without this huge drop off. I mean, that that's really, I mean, we've talked about it a ton. Like that's why Georgia obviously five-star talent, but they had five-star talent just across the board at every position, two and three uh, deep. Uh, it That's that's how you can beat those teams. So it's it's not exciting necessarily when you add those, those small guys, or not small guys, just kind of under-the-radar guys, lower-rated guys, but it makes a huge impact on the defense. It definitely does, and we'll see as they get further in, into camp. Um, hopefully we get a, a decent glimpse into how they actually – Look, as a, as I kind of mm. preface at the beginning, we'll see how much we're able to actually see. That'll be a ton. Um, Honestly, there's not. But really, the the thing that is the most important right now, like all we're gonna hear these positive updates, right? It's gonna be like like we heard today, where these guys are kind of getting praised. The biggest thing is just staying healthy. Like, don't don't they can't afford an injury to Hendon Hooker like obviously that's your most important we went we went through some of our most important players a few weeks ago you can't have an injury to Jeremy Banks you don't have the linebacker depth to be able to afford a loss there you, you definitely can't afford an injury to Darnell Wright your best offensive lineman 
Cooper Mays, your center, those guys, you need them in there for continuity purposes. And just, I mean, the offense is going to flow better when you have those guys in there. So that's the main objective, really. If they can get to September and it's kind of quiet, I mean, obviously it's not great for us content-wise because there's uh, tougher on us to come up with things to talk about. But obviously with Tennessee, there's there's always plenty. Always. As far as the football team aspect of it, that's the best-case scenario. You want this next month to be as quiet as possible if you're Tennessee. Yeah. Don't don't have any spectacles. Enough. One, one player out with injury for the year, that's plenty. In fact, it's yes. one too many. That's, yes. <laughs> you know, we're good. Don't, don't let us have any of those, uh, those episodes where we have to have an emergency. Like, what are we going to do with this position if this guy can't, blah, blah, you know, we've certainly done that in the past. Um, and and I mean, spe- remember- speaking of injuries, um, you know, you, you obviously had the Whitehead news. Hypo said yesterday or Sunday, really, Latrell Bumpus. That's the only, he's kind of banged up still. That's really the only other major injury news that he had. I mean, that right there, uh, under the Butch, under Butch Jones, it felt like the, the list of injured this, players was longer than the list of players that, w- that was active. I was going to say that. I remember with Butch just so often, and people always, we were always wondering, like, is it the, the strength and conditioning? What is happening? Are these yeah, guys, are they it? just practicing too hard? Like, what is happening? Because they were just injured constantly uh with everything that else that happened with those teams i mean it was just this added element that made all that that much harder and i'm sure it's something that butch always i'm sure he probably still thinks that way that he would use as an excuse um you know for his shortcomings uh but you know he hired the strength and conditioning coach and he held the practices and fired him yeah, did, as well, and then there was like one year where they didn't even have exactly. There like yeah. wasn't one. It it was like a they did. Dave Lawson. Dave Lawson was the yeah. guy, and then they they kind of went with uh, just like the assistant for that one season. The twenty, I believe that was the twenty sixteen season. Yes, that's because then they brought right. in the guy from the Rams. The last yeah. year Butch was there, his name was Rock something. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> That's that was a bizarre, right. yeah. God, that whole era was bizarre. His, but it goes, it goes with what I was saying with management, management skills, man. Yeah, like how you go a year without a strength and conditioning coach? Like what? That's not how you run a football program. That's God. It's just so crazy. Oh, and please, dear God, let let this stuff with Hypel the way that it appears to be. Let that be true, because. Uh, obviously you can put on an air of those things and show them in public and it might not be that way behind the scenes, but I'll say this about a football program. If it is going sour behind the scenes, that stuff leaks out a lot of the time, you know, players will get disgruntled and they'll, they'll start telling people stuff and these things, these things get out around. It always leaks with Butch, Mm -hmm. the the falling on a helmet thing. Like we knew (laughs) what really happened with that. And, And he, he went out there and lied right to our face. Like everything, uh, can, can always, come out and and just you aren't seeing that with hypo so far obviously that that stuff tends to come out a lot more when things go sour and lord willing we don't have to do that hopefully things just don't go sour (laughs) but um so far i'll say one thing about this strength coach that that i've noticed and i'm not the only one that's noticed it i've seen other people pointed out on social media and in, in fact that's probably why i noticed it because it wasn't really on my mind but he he kind of works in silence they're not out there 
I mean, you'll see a couple little hype videos of players working out, which is common for every athletic department to put that stuff out there during the offseason. But there's not this hype about personal records being set. And I, I, I specifically remember under Butch Jones, them talking about like these personal records being set and various stuff like that to kind of hype up the job that they were doing. And this uh, Kurt Schmidt, the, the strength coach at Tennessee, he doesn't seem to operate like that at all. He, he kind of works behind the scenes. It's like, you know, work. Don't worry about being seen. Don't worry about Instagram and all that. Let's just work hard. And it seems like that's what they've been doing. Uh, you know, obviously, you can take any approach from a strength coach or, or strength and conditioning program and hype it up. We could, if they were putting tons of stuff out there, we'd be hyping up just how improved the strength department is, you know, we you you kind of do that with stuff, but I still view it as a positive. I do too, and I don't mind anybody in Tennessee football working under the radar like that. Like we were saying there, the less news, the better. Like it's sure we like a good content mill um, that we can you know post about and get page views from, but I'm fine without it. Because I want to see Tennessee succeed uh, with Hypel. So there's as much as we can kind of provide through just one at one practice and two press conferences. <laughs> um, did anything else stick out to you, Zach, before we we head out for another week? Not really. Just like I said, a, a bunch, not to harp on it, just the overall air of positivity has been refreshing. It's been a nice, like a nice Tennessee Vols football summer. We made it through yeah. without anything crazy happening. Without any drama, recruiting's going pretty well. You know, I'm just kind of low key. Like this is the way you want it to be, business as usual, right? Like just kind of pick up where you left off and, and make some progress and continue on. So, it it's kind of a weird season because I really don't know what to expect as far as can this team go out there and like give Alabama a scare? Can they can they somehow beat Georgia? Or was last year an anomaly? Are they going to be seven and five again? Obviously. That's not what I think, and we'll get to predictions later on uh, this month. But you can't like I, I think you'd be foolish to to rule out that as a possibility, at, at least for what we do. Look, you know, Hypel still has to prove that this offense and this approach can be sustainable in the SEC, and this year is his first opportunity to really do that. He goes out there and has a top ten offense, top five offense again. In, in 2022, after everybody's got a year's worth of film on him from Tennessee. And then I'm going to be really impressed uh, by Josh Heupel. And at that point, I think you can say whatever you want about the future of Tennessee because he's, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding, right? And if he does it again in 2022, all right, yeah, I'm convinced at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. As kind of trite as that might be at this point, um, saying and, well, like we should be after the last fifteen years. Exactly. You got to show me first. You, I like what I've seen. I, in fact, I love what I've seen. Last year was an absolute blast. This off season has gone very well. You're recruiting well. The the culture around the program seems healthy. The the general just aura of the team <laughs> seems good. Yeah. Uh, but you you got to go out and win. And uh, as the season draws closer, we will go a little more in depth in terms of how much we think Tennessee will win and, and cover that then. But uh, 
It's just a matter of time. Cautiously optimistic. Please go you out know, there. Just one win. thing that we haven't had to do is we haven't had to rationalize anything that Josh Heupel's done. We've pointed out a few things that we don't love. I know you've specifically talked about some of those like two minute situations and the way that Heupel approached those situations as far as like taking shots way downfield when you instead of just trying to pick up some yards. I mean, yeah, there's things that we haven't loved that he's done offensively. But for the most part, like we're not out there having to defend a bunch of crazy stuff or rationalize why they're doing this or why they're doing that or why we think it might turn around or or why the quarterback position isn't being developed. I mean, what we saw happen with Hendon Hooker last year was something we have not seen at Tennessee. I mean, I, I really maybe since like Jonathan Crompton with Lane Kiffin that year where he kind of yeah. really took off. I mean, I don't even count Josh Dobbs because everything that Josh Dobbs did was Josh Dobbs. That was just his pure athletic ability. And even then Dobbs had his shortcomings. I mean, we, we talked about Dobbs now a lot differently than we did when he was playing at Tennessee, when, when people were complaining about some of his accuracy issues. He wasn't the most accurate quarterback. But because of Josh Dobbs, he he masked a lot of Butch Jones' shortcomings, and everything he accomplished was was pretty much himself and his teammates. It wasn't because he was developed. And last year, I, like we finally saw development. Like We saw Hendon Hooker progress from what he was at Virginia Tech uh, to what he to, to possibly being a Heisman Trophy candidate in 2022. I mean, that's that's just absurd that we haven't seen that in such a long time at Tennessee. And that, that to me, is one of the most encouraging things. And also, like, I feel like you've got, you know, Joey Hosley, the quarterback's coach, you've got, like, a built-in successor to Alex Golish whenever he leaves Tennessee uh, because he will get a head coaching opportunity soon, especially yeah. if Tennessee continues scoring points like this. He will get a job offer soon. But you've already got the guy that come in and kind of replace him, and, and you don't lose any of that continuity. And, and the fact that those guys that are the ancillary pieces aren't just rotating and rotating, because that's mm-hmm. I think that's one of those signs you look out for where kind of personnel management, mm-hmm. that can be a problem. I mean, have with Butch. He had tons of staff turnover constantly, and you always heard those horror stories about him just being awful to work with. So, and Pruitt I, as uh, well. Pruitt went through a ridiculous oh, yeah. amount of staff changes. Yeah, he was probably even worse, and, frankly. And Tennessee, but. Tennessee lost one this offseason. And Cody Burns, wide receivers coach. And that's a I mean, that was a promotion. You, yeah, you go to the NFL, like you can't turn that down. It's not like he went to uh Ole Miss to be a wide receivers coach or something like that. Exactly. So all good signs so far. Let's just keep speaking it into the ether. Good things are gonna happen. Good things are gonna happen for Tennessee. Good vibes. We're, we're Danny all White. Good. Danny White would be very proud of you because he, you know, he I, wants those good vibes out there. This is what he I, wants. I will text a buddy. I, I've even, <laughs> I've like kind of stepped away from Twitter and man, my thoughts about Tennessee sports have improved. I, you know, that's, that's the place where all toxic Tennessee thoughts go. To, <laughs> that's where they live is Twitter. Uh, so you don't, you know, just don't look at it and then you don't have those thoughts. <laughs> well, this is like the one month of the year where it's pretty positive. So you might want to jump true. on for August and then wait till the first loss to <laughs> jump We're, we're all thinking away. 15 and 0 right now. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Like I said, everybody's 0 and 0 right now. Everybody's got a shot. <laughs> yeah, we'll. Except Vanderbilt. They definitely don't. Yeah, yeah. They're done. Um. All right. Well, hey, we're going to have a shorter episode today. Look at this. It's the first oh, time we've been under an hour in I know. 2022. 
and and I I gotta go. I actually think I've been. If you noticed on the video, I've kind of been looking out the window. I so I've had uh, goats oh <laughs> in my yard. Um, my my wife, we have giant invasive vines on our back fence at my house, and we had goats. We rented goats to come in uh, and to take th- take them down. They ate it all. Uh, it's actually been really fascinating. Uh, but I think the people are coming to pick them up, and they're in my front yard. So um, I've got to. I'm gonna go talk to them. Um, so there's that. Thanks to everybody for listening. Let's talk about this one last time. Super book sports, go download it. They are helping us out. So go help them out by downloading and, and placing your bets over on Superbook sports. Thanks again to them, uh, for throwing a few shekels to the boys. We appreciate it. Uh, this has been the big orange podcast. Charlie Burr, Zach Reagan, a to Z sports.com for all the stuff that we write. Facebook.com slash A to Z sports uh, at Charlie underscore bros at Zach TNT. A to Z sports podcast network feed on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube.com. A to Z sports. Type it in. Subscribe there. That's it. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later. <laughs>